You can see the story of the AI bubble starting to form. <laughs> like if, if you look left and right, like AI crypto tokens are up, NVIDIA is up. It's holding up the entire stock market. NVIDIA is now the seventh most valuable asset in the world, the fourth largest publicly traded company. And then how does that impact the crypto markets? Because it does. Bankless Nation, it is a bullish February roll-up, isn't it, David? Uh, how you doing, man? Oh, we still have quiet, to be quiet? Quiet, I thought that was highs. last week. <laughs> no, until all-time highs. Well, uh, I, I'm going to have a hard time being quiet because we've got yeah, 3K that's fair. That's Ether fair. this week. All right, so we got to get loud about that, at least on the roll-up. Uh, I think we got 3K like three times this week. We actually yeah. don't have it right now. <laughs> we have $2,990 on the ETH price. Oh, come currently. on. That counts. That's 3K. <laughs> Just round that one up. That's so, not 3K. <laughs> this is the first time ETH hit 3K since April 2022. So that's worth Feels celebrating. Good. David, what Feels else good. we got? The StarkNet token is out and live. It is trading. So where did we end up with the ranks of the StarkNet airdrop in size and addresses and amount of value distributed to people? We're going to talk about that. And then some earnings, some earning reports, both Coinbase and NVIDIA have uh, kind of rocked the street, uh, the Wall Street, that is. Uh, and we're going to talk about the impl implications um, around the broader market. Yeah, you call it the street, David. What do they call crypto? Like, what's the crypto equivalent of Wall Street? Do we have like a, a cool name, like the street? The, the chain, the blockchain on the chain, on the chain. I like on that. the chain. We got All the right. street in the chain. You're either on yeah. street or on chain. Yeah. Uh, we also have Pudgies with their second Walmart round. Uh, and this time they've got some more community participation. This is a big one. Pudgies has been mm -hmm. raising up the ranks of NFTs. And David, are points about to become liquid? I want to check in with you because uh, <laughs> you're covering this today. Uh, we're talking about the Eigen points, maybe. Or what points are mm -hmm. we talking about? Yeah, the, the, I put out a satirical tweet a while ago saying, hey, guys, you know what we should do? We should tokenize points. Um, <laughs> and that that is unironically what we are going to talk about later. That did happen. We have tokenized points. Uh, so we're going to get to all of this and more. Uh, but first, we're going to talk about SUI and the SUI base camp, which is a, a in-person conference in Paris during Paris blockchain week, April 10th through 11th. Uh, so if you are interested in a parallelized layer one delegated proof of stake chain, uh, that is uh, the SUI Basecamp might be for you. There is a link in the show notes to get 20% off of your pass to the SUI Basecamp. Uh, this is the Move ecosystem for all the devs out there who enjoy Move. Uh, this is, SUI is like the spiritual uh, successor to the whole Libra project, uh, now turned into a layer one. Uh, and so, if, especially if you're a dev who's interested in parallelized new VMs that are parallelized, there's a link in the show notes to get started. Uh, yeah, and uh, that code is SUI-Bankless20. You get 20% off the standard prices there. And thanks to SUI for sponsoring this message uh, for the Bankless Nation. David, you know what? We always, on the roll-up, since the roll-ups have begun, we've always started with the number one asset by market cap, that is Bitcoin. Mm -hmm. We started every single week with Bitcoin first, then we go to Ethereum, then we go to the rest of the markets. This okay. week, I think we got to do something different. I think we got to switch things up, just celebrate ETH price hitting 3K for the first time since 2022. We got to start. Wow, you're really Ethereum making a big deal out of this. <laughs> this is a big deal. I think it's a big deal. So uh, it's not that big tell of a deal. Us the ETH price. You don't think? Wait, you don't think 3K is a big deal? No, wake me up at 5K. Are you serious? Yeah, I, you know, we like round numbers, but I mean, yeah, numbers going up. We're all, we're all happy. I'm not making a big deal out of this. I'll make a big deal out of 5K. 
You, yeah, okay. Well, then I'll take this one. Uh, happy 3K, everyone. And uh, we except are except for David. What, what, what's the except for David? Apparently, because he he wants to wait um, for his celebration. I'm going to give you some uh, bull post here, David. Since okay. you're not going to do it for the Bankless Nation. Last time we hit 3K. Here's why I think this is a big deal. Last time we hit 3K was April 2022. We sort of flirted with um, 3K for the beginning part of um, all of 2022, and mm-hmm. we were sitting on a whole bunch of time bombs at the time that the crypto community didn't know about uh time bomb number one was the terra collapse it was right after april we hit the last time we hit uh 3k terra blew up and took markets with it and then we had the death of three hours capital then we had all of the block celsius c5 failures then we had the genesis fiasco then we had the 10 billion dollar ftx sbf fraud okay this time the next time we, we hit 3K, which is now, uh, hopefully it's we're above at the time you're listening to this, we are sitting on a completely different foundation. None of those things are problems right now. Now, we might have other time bombs that we can't foresee, but it's so early in the cycle. But, but those will happen later. <laughs> those will happen problems. later. Right now, we've got... Uh, We've got tailwinds. We've got L2 hyper acceleration, like just so Mm -hmm. many L2 chains going uh, on. We've got another episode about L2s coming out on Monday. Restaking yields. Okay, that's actually a a narrative that is hitting Ethereum in a big way. ETH, the internet bond. We've got the ETH ETF. So I'm calling 3K as the floor this cycle, David. I think that this is a lower bound. And um, I think like... Of course, we'll we'll bob around these numbers for for a little mm-hmm. bit, maybe in the weeks to come. But this is kind of the new floor, and it feels good. That's why I'm celebrating 3K, David. I love that you're calling it the 3K floor when we are currently at two thousand nine hundred and seventy eight dollars. <laughs> it's still a floor. It's still going to be a floor this cycle. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, if we if we go up by uh you know to 10K to 12K to something else, that we come back down, I don't think we're gonna fall below. You're, you're 3K. gonna say you're saying the the bear market lows of next bear market will be above 3K. I think so. Yeah, I, feel I mean, like that's a safe bet. plus or plus or minus whatever, plus or minus ten percent, twenty percent, something like that. But we're we're in range, uh, so I don't know. I'm I'm bullish. I'm sorry you didn't come in with the bullish vibes for <laughs> Ethereum 3K. I was not prepared for that, David. Uh, I'll come in. I'll I'll do my my service to this bullish podcast episode with a with a Bitcoin price because uh, I'll just like regurgitate some of the bit, bullish Bitcoin observations from Nick Carter. Uh, first off, we're at 52, we started the week at $52,000 on the Bitcoin down 1%. So ETH went up 6% this week. Uh, Bitcoin went down 1% currently at $51,500. Uh, and then Nick Carter put out this tweet that I thought was, you know, pretty nice summary of the current state of the Bitcoin landscape goes Bitcoin observations ranked by the most impactful to the least impactful. Number one, ETF flows are beyond the wildest dreams of even the most bullish analysts. Asset managers have barely activated their sales organizations. Hottest ETF launch in history. I kind of talked about this last uh, uh, last week, but just like this, the sales arm, the marketing arm of Bitcoin ETF salespeople hasn't even started. So we still have like a sales force behind BTF, uh, the Bitcoin ETF incoming. The BitVM appears to be a fun- fundamental step change in Bitcoin tech, enabling optimistic rollups without a soft fork. Uh, explosion of VC dollars being allocated to Bitcoin startups, and particularly layer twos. Ordinals and BRC20 frenzies have have created a hot ball of money with a Bitcoin meta, particularly in Asia. Uh, and then he has some some like long tail stuff. Finishing with the happening is also a thing, I guess he says. Uh, so these are all the reasons why Nick Carter is bullish on Bitcoin. 
Yeah, I'll double down on the the VC dollars flowing in. I have never seen so many uh, Bitcoin, Bitcoin investable yeah. projects like mm-hmm. layer layer twos in particular. Mm-hmm. It's an absolutely massive investment narrative right now. Uh, we we did an episode actually with uh, the Bitcoin Dave. So not Bitcoin you, David, Dave. but uh, yeah. a, a literal Bitcoin Dave who's very excited, D- D- David Seroy, and he was talking about the BitVM project. So we put that mm-hmm. out this week. If you guys want to get caught up on why people are excited about what's going on with Bitcoin, I think that's a great episode. David, let's talk about- an episode with uh, Nick Carter coming out mm, sometime soon, within 10 you days. You guys talked about Bitcoin. It's Nick Carter, so I imagine we, we talked, talked about, about Bitcoin, Bitcoin yeah. a little bit. Well, we talked actually about the Bitcoin civil war that's going on because all of the hotball VC dollars that are going around Bitcoin are offending- the other side of the Bitcoin uh, cohort, which are the Bitcoin, like they call them the fix the filter camp, because there's a part of the Bitcoin camp that wants to filter out all Bitcoin transactions that have arbitrary data in them. Are you so serious? If it's, if it's I, I, not, if it's beyond just a normal BTC transfer, they don't want it in the mempool. I thought all camps had something in, in like alignment and harmony and that is number go up. And so like this innovation, this building on Bitcoin, doesn't that help number go up use case? Isn't, can't everyone the, get behind the, that? The fix Why the filter, filter camp thinks that monetary maximalism is the best thing to have for Bitcoin. And if you put in arbitrary data into your Bitcoin transactions, you're diluting the monetariness of Bitcoin is their argument. It's, it's, it's a dumb argument. I, it's super dumb. That's very silly. Okay. Well, interesting. <laughs> that 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 fight's still going on. Uh, yep. Tell us about the ratio and then total crypto market cap. Cap. So ETH Bitcoin ratio. What are we at in the week? 0. 0.0577 on the up and up in the last uh, week or so, but still low. Still low. I'll start celebrating around 0. 0.075. Thanks to Kraken for all these charts. As always, Thanks, you can go check that out at Kraken Pro. How about total crypto market cap? 2.07. So we are making some big leaps in market cap. Uh, we're, we're blowing millions of dollars on a week and upwards. Um, so, you know, things are things are starting to accelerate. You know, we're we're almost the th- we hit the three trillion market cap at the peak of last cycle and we're above two right now. So when are you when are you going to celebrate the the market cap? Are you going to wait for a f- five trillion five. for that? You're going to celebrate it five. Three? Okay, yeah, no, five. five. Five is David's number. I'll, I'll note. I'll make a note at three, and I will celebrate at five. Okay. <laughs> uh, layer two beat. Let's do a quick layer two update while we're talking about the numbers here. This is a layer two beat. This is brought to you by Mantle, a new and up and coming L two mm-hmm. that we enjoy very much. Thanks to Mantle for sponsoring the segment. David, where what are some numbers to look at for for layer twos this week? Yeah, we were pushing almost up to 10 million Ether locked in Layer 2s. Uh, one part, you know, thanks to Mantle and many of the other newer Layer 2s on the scene. Uh, almost $30 billion uh, in on Layer 2s. Uh, and there's a bunch of more Layer 2s that are going to come onto Mainnet sometime Q2, Q3. And they're going to be very different from the, um, from the Layer 2s that we already know. Uh, Starknet is like kind of an example of this one that's like very technically differentiated. Uh, but then there's there's others like Eclipse and Phoenix and like Blast. I'm starting to come around to uh, and Scroll and Tyco. Congrats to Scroll! Shout out to Scroll for cr- uh, crossing 100 million dollars when their mainnet was only a few months ago. Um, congrats, guys! That's pretty cool. Uh, and yeah, like th- th- all of these have tokens to drop. Uh, all of these have like incentives that they haven't even started with. Um, points to issue, if you will. Uh, and so like, I, there's like so much pent up energy in the layer two space, I think. 
Speaking of tokens, David, and pent up energy, uh, go, oh go to CoinGecko and Dude, sort, the, the, sort the by seven The coins day. on the move this week are insane, bro. Okay, so last week, uh, Sora was released by ChatGPT, uh, Chat and all the internet like exploded about these like very realistic AI chat to um, video rendered. But can we show uh, that? Videos? Like these are awesome. This is a this is a video. They're very of cool. Woolly mammoths, and this is uh, yeah. <laughs> I was gonna say, obviously, it's not. Um, Woolly mammoths do not exist, so this couldn't even be possible. But, but it like, looks realistic. you need to say that woolly mammoths don't exist. This is yeah, a yeah. Or look at this one. The, this is another this one. Is this like is like the demo one. Yeah, a city somewhere mm-hmm. uh, in Asia. I mean, it just looks so real. This is what and this Sora is V one. So people people were comparing the video of Will Smith eating spaghetti, which, which was just like, did you see that? Hilarious. It was like, yeah, it was chaotic. It was just yeah. Okay, here we go. Here's a comparison. Uh, and so these AI videos are just like blowing everyone's minds now realizing that like, yo, if you're in like, uh, Hollywood, your job is threatened. If you're like a, like everyone's, everyone's who's like job is threatened is like freaking out right now. Uh, meanwhile, non-coincidentally NVIDIA stock is like larger than the uh, Chinese stock market. And then what, how does that impact the crypto markets? Cause it does. Uh, Worldcoin talked about the movers of the week, Worldcoin, the AI associated, uh, token that is associated with Sam Altman up a hundred and eighty percent, which is already a huge move. But the thing is, it is a fully diluted valuation of eighty six billion dollars. Okay, I didn't see with, this one coming, but like, could Worldcoin be the thing that goes and flippins like uh, flippins Bitcoin a, a by fully dilute by <laughs> fully diluted market cap? Look, man, it's it's number it's just behind Tether at this point. So it right. is the third largest chain in terms of fully diluted market cap right now. Okay, Can you a lot of that? people say they fully diluted market cap is a meme and like it's it's a valid perspective to have but you also can't ignore it. Uh the market cap of Worldcoin is 1.1 billion. The fully diluted valuation is 86 billion. That is the largest discrepancy between market cap and fully diluted valuation that the crypto markets have ever seen. There is so much selling pressure coming to this thing. Why who who's buying this? Why in the world would it like I guess you're not buying Dude, and holding. You're just trading the narrative here. This is, just a, a, this is turning into a meme coin. It's a and Sam then, Altman then, meme coin, isn't it? It's a, it's a Sam Altman meme coin, yeah. Uh, and then the the follow-ons on the other like movers of the week, uh, again, massive movers of the week, uh, SingularityNet, AGIX, cracked, cracked the uh, 100, top 100 tokens, uh, up 120%, $900 million market cap. Fetch AI, up 60%. The Graph, which I think somehow got categorized as like an AI token, up 60%. Render, up 50%. Filecoin, up 30%. Rweave, up 27%. Filecoin and Rweave are like data for AI. That's kind of the meme narrative here. Uh, And like, I'm not cherry picking here. These are literally top one through nine movers of the week are all AI coins. It's, it's, it's dumb. It's so dumb. Big narrative trade energy right uh-huh, there. Uh-huh. That's what's going on. But what's not dumb is Sora. That, that is so cool. By the way, you know this Will Smith thing? I mm-hmm. uh, the, the second video is not a real video, by the way. I, I just point that out. Will Smith actually reenacted it- him doing the spaghetti thing. This is not AI generated. The second one is not. Just oh so you know, my David. God. Yeah. That's hilarious. <laughs> oh, that's really funny of him. Yeah, it's awesome. Uh Anyway, wow. Um, wow, he's trying to come back after the slap. You know, the slap yeah. incident. People haven't forgotten. Yeah, he's got, he's got a lot of debts to pay on that one. Um, let's Don't go slap to... people on live television. Big yeah. <laughs> let's go to the Bitcoin ETF uh, news on the week. Actually, before we get into that, uh, one correction we have to make for journalistic integrity, even though, David, you know, we're not I'm journalists. I'm putting this one on you. 
this is uh, this is my fault. I got a little excited about the Fidelity news uh, last week. It is all true that Fidelity is including one percent of um, Bitcoin in some of its uh, ETFs, up upward to three percent. It's just only true for Canada. <laughs> okay, it's so not- this is when we were talking about like the Fidelity sixty forty yeah. uh, fixed income equity ETF portfolio that you could just buy and forget about. And there's a bunch of these portfolios. And we were talking about like, oh, and they're putting Bitcoin in them, which is true in Canada. Yeah. Not, I, we've got the fidelity.ca. The, the Canadians got me there. Uh, so <laughs> it's just Ryan Canada sometimes only. forgets that uh, Canada is not the United States. It's a different place. Because he's Canadian. Right? Yeah. For me, it's just like one one country, right? America's right, attic. Right. Uh, America's okay, hat, so, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but let's check in on the Bitcoin ETFs in general. This is a, a chart from Hill Dobby. And uh, mm-hmm. did you know, David, right now, Bitcoin ETFs, so you include Grayscale because it's converted to ETF, 3.71% of Bitcoin supply. That's a lot. That's a at, lot. Some, at some point, I actually get a little bearish about that number. I don't know what, what like, double digits, you get to 25% like Bitcoin and ETFs. I don't know about that. I don't know how I feel this, about that. This was always the okay. destination of, of Bitcoin, becoming, a, becoming wrapped inside of an ETF. And, yeah, and central not, banks, not, a central yeah. bank balance sheets, right? Yeah, this this was what um uh what's his face? Who's our friend who called it uh uh Bitcoin jazz hands? Um, oh yeah, uh yeah Ben Ben Hunt, you talking ben, about Ben Hunt? Ben Hunt, yeah yeah yeah. yeah. And it's like inside Bitcoin. This is like in the internal demand of Wall Street pulling three point seven percent of Bitcoins from becoming outside money to inside money. It's now outside Bitcoins, which is most Bitcoins, and now we have three point seven one percent of inside Bitcoins inside the regulated Wall Street. Uh, Wall Street wants Bitcoins, um, so this this is always without like, like a strong DeFi system. Uh, this is the destination of where Bitcoin becomes the most capitally efficient. Is I think I mean y- you're more into Bitcoin culture than than I am. Like like at that level, which but is funny because I own zero Bitcoin and you own Bitcoin. <laughs> don't most sides of the Bitcoin spectrum, right? Like the this you know, the spectrum you named the, the filters and and the mm-hmm. people who want to build on Bitcoin. They they both see this as kind of a good thing, right? They want Bitcoin in the hands of central like central bank balance sheet. That is the path to big like mm. Bitcoin, hyper Bitcoinization. It's all it's all good. Who cares how much yeah, they I think, own? I think right? so. I think so. Um, there's probably some nuances there, but yeah, I think they both agree with that. Well, anyway, it's going up, and this is absorb Bitcoin supply. So if over the last 14 days, the amount of, of Bitcoin that ETFs have consumed, if that perpetuates for the entire for year. year, for a year, a year later. We would have uh, about nine percent, nine point one percent Bitcoin supply in ETF. So, mm-hmm. uh, Sailor's got a lot of catching up to do, David, if he's going to match these numbers. Oh yeah, no, Sailor's getting left in the dust. Um, I mean, people will. I think people's like gut reactions will be like, oh, the size of B- BTC ETF flows are only. It's like all going to happen at the very start, and then it's going to be down. Um, I wouldn't be so sure about that. I think we could sustain an equivalent, if not higher, level of flows. Especially, I want to. I think it's going to be really interesting post six months after approval, what these numbers kind of look like. So we got five months left before we get that. I think so, we could see some more tailwinds around six months. What, especially, what especially as number goes up and marketing around Bitcoin also goes up and FOMO on retail also goes up. Here's what I kind of can't figure out is why in the world would you want to hold gold in an ETF when you can buy Bitcoin, right? Here's a tweet <laughs> for Eric Balchunas. Speaking of killing the king, in the store of value category, the upstart Bitcoin ETFs, it's funny, Bitcoin ETF being an upstart, it is against gold. And the Bitcoin ETFs have gained $8.5 billion on gold ETFs in organic growth. Uh, so watch out gold? 
Is that mm-hmm. what that means? I mean, yeah. 8.5 billion has lost 3.6 billion. Bitcoin just, has gained 8.5 billion. Uh, like think about our like millennials, think about Gen Z, even like Gen Gen Xers. You think they're buying gold relative to to Bitcoin? No, like from who an the ETF hell perspective. Is buying gold. It just like it it's just a dumb metal. It's a dumb yellow yeah, metal. And when we it's have legitimately a, a pet rock. <laughs> Uh, anyway, we'll, we'll keep monitoring that. Um, Coinbase had their mm-hmm. earnings report last week. Uh, some good news for the stock for sure. Do you want to give us the highlights? Yeah, totally. So uh, Coinbase just had an absolute stellar performance on their last quarter with a profit $273 million. Uh, they, it turns out, so they did a lot of operational cutting and they ended up saving a lot of money and they were still able to rake in a bunch of more profit than what people expected. Uh, I think like the earnings per share came in way higher than expected. Um, and so, yeah, they were able to reduce debt by $413 million, which uh, we thoroughly enjoy. Uh, and then, yeah, their their expected earnings per share was like two cents and it ended up being like a dollar or something like that. It was like crazy, crazy good. Um, and then coin, the asset price surged by 15 percent in after hours and coin is pushing up against it's like one hundred and seventy dollars right now. Uh, it almost touched two hundred. Uh, but there's definitely some momentum around coin for sure. And Coinbase did something very, very cool, which is you could actually mint the earnings, Coinbase earnings as an NFT on base, which I totally did because that's super cool. Uh, did you mint this, Ryan? I did, yeah. You told me about yeah. it, so I, I just went and I did it. I did it in Farcaster, yeah. actually. It was super easy. I also did it in Farcaster, yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah, it's very cool. What is the market cap of Coinbase now? Do you know that off the top of your head? Uh, let me look. I mean, in my Boomer Robinhood app, the market cap of Coinbase is $40.1 billion. $40 billion. Okay. So cheap. I guess cheap. stack stack is cheap about uh, half half a world coin then <laughs> half of a world coin. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well let's talk about uh, some more stocks that are up. Speaking mm-hmm. of like uh, old school tokens here, uh, Nvidia posts yes. revenue of like they had a big quarter basically, and Huge, uh, yeah. Nvidia stock increased. They had a big by quarter, but they much? also had very high expectations. Yeah, and they so there was those twenty point six billion dollars in revenue was expected. That was what analysts were coming to consensus around. Mm-hmm. And they actually reported $22 billion. So beating by one and a half uh, billion dollars. So earnings per share, $4.6 expected. What they actually got is 5.16. Uh, overall, the stock price went from 670. <laughs> Ryan's laughing because I'm talking about boomer equity numbers. Yeah. Stock price went from $675 to $740 uh, after hours. Total market cap of $1.7 trillion. Reminder, total crypto market cap 2.06 billion dollars. Nvidia is not much behind the entire crypto market. Nvidia cap. is basically one crypto. It's is one pre- crypto. Pre- pretty much the same. I was also laughing mm-hmm. because of this meme. Do you see this? Uh it's like Atlas holding this giant ball, the, the uh-huh. world on his shoulders, the entire global economy and uh, Nvidia is propping up right now. I think Nvidia has been a huge reason why S&P and all the stock indexes mm-hmm. are up. Like that is the stock story right now. All these You AI. can see the story of the AI bubble starting to form. <laughs> like if, if you look left and right, like what AI, like uh, AI crypto tokens are up. Nvidia is up. It's holding up the entire stock market. Nvidia is now the seventh most valuable asset in the world. The fourth largest publicly traded company. Gold, by the way, is the most valuable asset in the world. Bitcoin is 10th. Ethereum, 30th behind Home Depot. <laughs> 
Yeah, Home Depot. That's probably the most embarrassing one. Also, MasterCard. <laughs> I feel like JP Morgan Chase. Once we flip in one of those big banks, that'll feel really good on the Ethereum. We need side to be higher. Ethereum ought to be higher than every single bank. Look at this. You think Nvidia is going to flip uh, Apple and Microsoft? Let's see. Microsoft. Nvidia is one point nine trillion dollars. Apple is two point eight trillion dollars. If the AI bubble continues, for sure. Just Microsoft has some of that uh, tailwind though, right? With um, yeah, totally. kind of open AI investment and everything yeah. that they're doing with with AI, they get some of that too. So we'll have to see. Yeah. David, we're getting back to crypto when we come back. What do we got coming up? Coming up next, we're going to talk about the StarkWitNet token. Was it the largest airdrop in history? We're going to unpack some of the numbers. Pudgy Penguins continue to not lose, just racking in the dubs. And then Eigenlayer collects $100 million from A16Z. We're going to talk about all of this and more. But first, a moment to talk about some of these fantastic sponsors that make the show possible, especially Kraken. Where would we be without Kraken and their glorious charts guiding us through the weekly roll-up every single week? Thank you so much, Kraken. Let's go hear from them right now. If you want a crypto trading experience backed by world-class security and award-winning support teams, then head over to Kraken. Kraken, one of the longest standing and most secure crypto platforms in the world. Kraken is on a journey to build a more accessible, inclusive, and fair financial system, making it simple and secure for everyone, everywhere, to trade crypto. Kraken's intuitive trading tools are designed to grow with you, empowering you to make your first or your hundredth trade in just a few clicks. And there's an award-winning client support team available 24-7 to help you along the way, along with a whole range of educational guides, articles, and videos. With products and features like Kraken Pro and Kraken NFT Marketplace and a seamless app to bring it all together, it's really the perfect place to get your complete crypto experience. So check out the simple, secure, and powerful way for everyone to trade crypto, whether you're a complete beginner or a seasoned pro. Go to kraken.com slash bankless to see what crypto can be. Not investment advice, crypto trading involves risk of loss. It's everyone's favorite season in crypto, tax season. And crypto tax is always an absolute headache, especially for all you DGENs out there. But it doesn't have to be a nightmare. That's where Crypto Tax Calculator comes in. The software built for DGENs by DGENs. As Coinbase's official global tax partner, CryptoTax Calculator focuses on making complex transactions into easy ones, supporting over 300,000 currencies across Ethereum, Arbitrum, Optimism, as well as a thousand other integrations as well. It's as simple as connecting your wallet, pulling in all your transactions, and following the automated suggestions to quickly and accurately calculate your tax obligations. Plus, for all the airdrop farmers out there, CryptoTax Calculator has your back, as they are consistently adding support for new and upcoming Layer 1s, Layer 2s, and all the airdrops that you're currently farming. 2020 is the year when the DGENs do their crypto taxes with speed and confidence. Make taxes this year easy and affordable with Crypto Tax Calculator. Sign up at CryptoTaxCalculator.io and get a 30% discount with code BANK30. Click the link in the show notes for more information. Arbitrum is the leading Ethereum scaling solution that is home to hundreds of decentralized applications. Arbitrum's technology allows you to interact with Ethereum at scale with low fees and faster transactions. Arbitrum has the leading DeFi ecosystem, strong infrastructure options, flourishing NFTs, and is quickly becoming the Web3 gaming hub. Explore the ecosystem at portal.arbitrum.io. Are you looking to permissionlessly launch your own Arbitrum Orbit chain? Arbitrum Orbit allows anyone to utilize Arbitrum's secure scaling technology to build your own Orbit Orbit chain, giving you access to interoperable, customizable permissions with dedicated throughput. Whether you are a developer, an enterprise, or a user, Arbitrum Orbit lets you take your project to new heights. All of these technologies leverage the security and decentralization of Ethereum. Experience Web3 development the way it was always meant to be. Secure, fast, cheap, and friction-free. Visit Arbitrum.io and get your journey started in one of the largest Ethereum communities. The StarkNet token is now live. We said it was coming, and uh, here it is. The question in my mind, David, is how big was this? Was this one of the largest or the largest airdrops in history? Let's get into it. Uh, where should we start here, David? 
728 million Starknet tokens out of 10 billion were uh, airdropped to 1.3 million addresses. Over 400,000 wallets have already claimed. Uh, so we're going to see how many of those wallets are dead, but 400,000 wallets already uh, breaks the number one spot in number of wallets uh, claiming. Arbitrum used to be number one in that term, so when they were at 250,000 wallets. Now the new high watermark is over 400,000 wallets. Um, depending on how you count the actual value being dropped, uh, depending on the price that you put StarkNet token at, uh, StarkNet, I think, does come in first. So Arbitrum dropped $1.5 billion to 250,000 wallets. Uh, if you count the StarkNet token at current prices, it is equaling $1.5 billion, but it came in, the price of Stark token uh, started at $3. And if you calculated that, then we are, we're talking about like $2.5 billion. So I think and StarkNet now takes the number one, the high watermark for the largest airdrop in history. Let's translate that into fully diluted valuation, kind of some market mm -hmm. cap. So it's like 10 billion total supply. So when you say $3, just multiply that by 10, we get 30 billion. Right basically right. when it dropped and right now at the moment are, of drop but not, not very few drop. people actually discovered liquidity sold their tokens at that valuation so okay, right now so we are coming in at 18 billion dollars fully diluted and that would make our starknet tied for first in value dropped to wallets so it's somewhere between like the 2.5 to 1.5 million dollars dropped to wallets um, of course, not much in terms of circulating supply. What do we have? Like, is it under 10 percent? Around 10 percent? Yeah, it's like seven, seven to eight percent of the total supply of Starknet token is circulating, which is relatively low. Relatively low. Uh, but from a fully diluted valuation perspective, where does that uh, stack up? I mean, let's take a quick look at that. So um, maybe comparing it. No, let's not compare it to Worldcoin. That would be sad. Let's compare <laughs> it to some of the other layer twos. So Arbitrum is still a little bit ahead, at least at the time of recording, but they're kind of neck and neck. So Arbitrum mm -hmm. is 18.5 billion, and then Starknet would be the second yeah. uh, most valuable layer two out there at 18.3. After that, you have to scroll a little bit down and you see Optimism at 15.7, and then keep scrolling. Am I missing anything? Uh, Matic. Uh, so that'd be Polygon at 9.7. lagging the market so hard. It really is right now. Uh, so what do, what do you think? Do you think that uh, like this is a rational valuation or like what's, what's your take on StarkNet versus these other layer twos? In terms of valuation, I'm going to like people are like kind of poking fun at StarkNet for having such a low amount of total locked value inside of StarkNet saying like the the amount of total locked value in StarkNet doesn't match the actual um, val fully diluted valuation. There's something like $110 million in value on side of StarkNet. Um, but like you're kind of like judging and you're, you're like judging these things against like Arbitrum or Optimism. Uh, but that's not, that's not like the best way to compare these things because these are different roll-up constructions that are meant to do different things. StarkNet is really about like a lot of compute, not necessarily a lot of DeFi. While they do want DeFi, they also want like things like fully on-chain games. And fully on-chain games aren't really going to take in a lot of TVL. Anyways, it's like judging a, a fish how to climb a tree. Um, but like at the same time, you still get to make that call. Uh, I will I will like to check back in on the fully the fully diluted valuation of StarkNet after there is this unlock period for investors, which is coming very soon. Uh, in April, 13% of the total supply, $2.6 billion at current prices, is going to be unlocked to team An additional 13%. An additional 13%. So we've yeah. got like 7% unlocked right now, at least according to right. token unlocks. 
And so it's so, going to, it's going to jump to like 20%. And, uh, you, the StarkNet people will say like, oh yeah, they're, these are long-term oriented investors. They just, they definitely want to help the network. And I'm like, yeah, you guys nope. got to say that. <laughs> uh, the, some people are up very, very bigly in paper gains. And when it's there just are a lot of people up in paper gains, like it's hard to not sell that. Yeah. I like for any VC, which is this is what these unlocks are coming from, primarily VCs and teams, right? Mm-hmm. They got to sell some portion of that, or else yeah. they're not being fiduciarily responsible yeah. to uh, right. their their LPs. I would say so. Right. Yeah, you're right. We got to get through that gauntlet. And when does that happen again, David? Uh, starts in April. Uh, token dot unlocks dot app is a great place to check all token unlocks, especially as we progress through this bull market and we are having a lot of high, fully diluted valuation, low float tokens come into the market. Definitely get into the practice of checking your unlock schedules. And there's a link in the show notes, token.unlocks.app in order to check your, your supply schedules. Yeah. Speaking of checking things, you got to go, if you are a bankless citizen, you got to be using mm-hmm. the bankless app for this. So we did some analytics on our side. You know, we have our airdrop hunter um, mm-hmm. pr- project that basically shows you the quests uh, in order mm-hmm. to be uh, potentially, hopefully eligible for for airdrops. Uh, David, we had our, our best guess for becoming eligible. Yeah. yeah. About 8,000 users of the bankless app using airdrop hunter and our claimables product were eligible for this drop. And so our citizens in particular, they received an average of $1,400 per individual. Mm-hmm. This is the time to go check out those quests. Uh, mm-hmm. Add your address to the Bankless Claimables app. And actually, for our podcast listeners, David, to celebrate maybe the biggest airdrop that we have seen yet in crypto, we've got a, a code. Podcast24 gets you 10% off a Bankless Citizenship subscription forever. There's a link in the show notes. Man, now's the time to be uh, mm-hmm. doing things on chain and establishing this thing your is supposed profile. to pay for itself. It's that it, we are designing this thing to pay for itself. That's kind of working. So, some uh, people got fourteen hundred dollars on this one token drop. You ready for the hard pivot, David? We're gonna move from uh, token <laughs> drops to penguin drops. All, All right, right, let's do uh, it. Pudgy penguins round two. Walmart mm-hmm. just did a massive reorder of pudgy penguin NFT toys. What's going on here? Yeah, so of course, Pudgy, the plushies of Pudgies got put into Walmart like half a year ago, six months ago, uh, which was just a massive, just landmark thing for the NFT industry. And Walmart is doubling down. They're they're doing it again. They're putting in another order for more Pudgies to go into more stores. 33,100 Walmart stores across the United States. Uh, and of course, these are the same Plushies as before. Now there's just even more of them. Uh, and of, and rem- reminder, every single toy comes with access to Pudgy World, which is their on-chain gaming experience that they are building. And so these are just like thousands and thousands of people are buying like these first items and their first access onto Pudgy World, uh, there, which is uh, it's built on ZK Sync. It's one of their like um, their ZK Sync hypernet chains. Uh, and Walmart is saying like, oh, yeah, we're ready to like double down on this relationship. We're going to sell you know more of these things. You know, what's going to be wild, David, is like you could actually justify like airdrop questing, airdrop hunting by buying one of these plush toys because so like people are one of the reasons I think why they're selling out is because all these crypto degens are going and filling up their shopping carts with all these plushy coins. Yes, toys. because <laughs> let, let's just let's just uh, connect the dots here, right? ZK uh-huh. Sync has not released a token, have right. they? And when you each toy comes with a pudgy world right. on-chain experience NFT, you uh-huh. go do that, establish your on-chain profile for ZK Sync using Pudgy, right? Will an airdrop happen as a result of this? I don't know. Who don't knows? Know. But go look at history, right? Right. Like yeah. 
you could just <laughs> and you could imagine i'm sure there's i'm sure there are some uh, crypto degens sort of pl- playing this game i'm sure there's also a lot of kids who just see a, a mm-hmm. cute penguin they buy a penguin right. and then they're going to get a big tax liability at some point in time can you imagine <laughs> <laughs> buying oh a pudgy God. toy and you receive x amount of value in an airdrop um i just love all of future. these like uh super young zoomers and then even the generation that's not even named yet the, the kids like the elementary school middle school kids who are like buying these plushies because they just want the stuffed animal and then they discover that there's this pudgy world thing and of course they're gonna go play it and then they're just gonna like receive i don't know a couple thousand dollars from the zk yeah. airdrop <laughs> and crazy. then they go to their parents and their parents are gonna be like what the shit is happening on the internet? <laughs> What's going on? <laughs> well, uh, that's just one possible future. Who knows? Maybe a, a lot of people are probably just buying it for the for the cuteness here. Here's uh, Luca standing mm-hmm. in front of Walmart. We just we had him on the podcast. Did we released that mm-hmm. last week? Luca yeah, Ness. Yeah, that the, episode's out. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, there you go. You know what? Absolute Pudgy G. Is, yeah, uh, he's doing pretty well with his project. Pud- Pudgy briefly flipped the apes this week. Oh, briefly, is it not over it? I don't know at the time of recording. This is, um, yeah, where should I go? NFT floor? Right. NFT yeah, I got it. I'm looking floor. it up. Oh, you're right. Yeah. Okay. So current price floor for Board Ape Yacht Club, 22 ETH, Pudgy, 19 and a half ETH. I, so they, okay, you're right. Pudgies did briefly flip Board Ape, but they are not currently number three. I'm rooting for them. I'm rooting for them. Yeah. You prefer the, you prefer the penguins. I prefer the, the penguins. Yeah. Uh, I own neither about- and I prefer the penguins. Yeah, you think mm-hmm. the penguins are coming for the crypto punks? Will you? Will you? Dude, be the penguins say that, that they're coming for the crypto punks. <laughs> <laughs> That's what they would want. So far unseated. So far unseated. Well, actually, no. Uh, apes flipped punks last oh, yeah, cycle. Didn't apes they? were above for punks time. for like a year straight. Yeah. Yeah, punks are a bear market asset. You got a bunch of holders in the punks yeah, community. Yeah, yeah. A high high price floor. As soon as soon as Ethereum becomes cool again, punks are gonna moon. All right, what's next? Coming up next, the Athena mainnet drop. We're going to talk all about that. The SEC gets sued. Circles going after Tether. Yuga Labs acquires proof and eigenlayer points get tokenized, but not by eigenlayer. We're going to talk about all of this and more. But first, a moment to talk about some of these fantastic sponsors that make the show possible. Mantle, formerly known as BitDAO, is the first DAO-led Web3 ecosystem, all built on top of Mantle's first core product, the Mantle Network, a brand new high-performance Ethereum Layer 2 built using the OP stack, but uses Eigenlayer's data availability solution instead of the expensive Ethereum Layer 1. Not only does this reduce Mantle Network's gas fees by 80%, but it also reduces gas fee volatility, providing a more stable foundation for Mantle's applications. The Mantle Treasury is one of the biggest DAO-owned treasuries, which is seeding an ecosystem of projects from all around the Web3 space for Mantle. Mantle already has sub-communities from around Web3 onboarded, like Game7 for Web3 Gaming, and Bybit for TVL and liquidity and on-ramps. So if you want to build on the Mantle network, Mantle is offering a grants program that provides milestone-based funding to promising projects that help expand, secure, and decentralize Mantle. If you want to get started working with the first DAO-led Layer 2 ecosystem, check out Mantle at mantle.xyz and follow them on Twitter at 0xMantle. Are you launching a token? Is it already live? How are you managing the legal and tax obligations for providing token grants to your team? It's no secret that token management gets complicated. Between learning all the legal language and tax obligations in every country that your team is in, token grant management can feel like an obstacle course, but it doesn't have to. That's where Toku steps in. Toku provides practical tools to handle token grants, allowing for effective oversight of token distributions and payroll tax compliance for employees, contractors, advisors, and investors. They also handle tax withholding 
holdings through their real-time tax calculations that can be done by Toku or integrated into any payroll EOR providers in any jurisdiction. Toku is a trusted provider of Protocol Labs, DYDX Foundation, Mina Protocol, and many more. Get started for free and make token compensation simple at toku.com slash bankless. Celo is the mobile-first, EVM-compatible, carbon-negative blockchain built for the real world. Driving real-world use cases like mobile payments and mobile DeFi, and with Opera Minipay as one of the fastest-growing Web3 wallets, Celo is seeing a meteoric rise with over 300 million transactions and 1.5 million monthly active addresses. And now, Celo is looking to come home to Ethereum as a layer two. Optimism, Polygon, Matter Labs, and Arbitrum have all thrown their hats in the ring for the Celo Layer 2 to build upon their stacks. Why the competition? The Celo Layer 2 will bring huge advantages like a decentralized sequencer, off-chain data availability secured by Ethereum validators, and one block finality. What does that all mean for you? With Celo Layer 2, gas fees will stay low and you can even pay for gas natively using ERC20 tokens, sending crypto to phone numbers across wallets using Social Connect. But Celo is a community-governed protocol. This means that Celo needs you to weigh in and make your voice heard. Join the conversation in the Celo forums, follow Celo on Twitter, and visit Celo.org to shape the future of Ethereum. A16Z has invested $100 million into Eigenlayer. I guess it was a, a new fundraising round for Eigenlayer, which was a one-of-one one by A16Z. Uh, makes a ton of sense to me. Uh, and so undisclosed valuation as to what um, Eigen Labs uh, raised at. Uh, but to me, this, this makes a lot of sense, Ryan. Um, A16Z's got a fantastic crypto research team. Uh, there's a lot of research left to be done about restaking and AVSs and what even all of the total products could be built on Eigenlayer. Uh, you know A16Z is kind of in it for the long run. Um, and then I thought this was kind of cute in the uh, actual um, article announcing this, this race. The definition of, do you know what the definition of Eigen is? It's a German I, word. I actually don't. What does Eigen mean? Uh, so Eigenlayer means your own layer, as in like oh. build your own layer. Okay. Build your own layer workshop. Um, okay. And so, uh, you know, I and then own your, your as own. in like, yeah, exactly. Um, and then own as in read, write, own. Uh, so I thought that was cute. Um, anyways, like A16Z has just fantastic uh, connections into like Silicon Valley, into the software as a service sector, into like Capitol, uh, Capitol Hill and, and uh, the, the polit political landscape and also Wall Street. There's extremely legitimizing in Wall Street. Uh, and so I think this is their A16Z is like the perfect VC firm to take uh, Eigenlayer's relationships and just like wait to the next level. I think this is like Eigen, Eigenlayer is like swinging for the fences. I think they're going big. They're going for as big as it can get, which makes sense because they are doing something. They are exploring a frontier that is um, brand new to all of crypto and actually allows crypto to escape beyond some how of much, its like how much internal in stuff. How much ETH is in Eigenlayer Eight, eight right point now? something billion dollars. Eight point something billion dollars. So, what would that be yeah. like? Would that be like close to two to three million in terms of uh, supply? I was just we were uh, ETH supply. Oh, ETH supply. Um, yeah. I don't know. I mean, we're just looking at um, layer twos. Layer twos have ten. Uh, Seven point eight billion supply. in Eigen layer. Seven point eight billion, and then what is that in ETH terms? Uh, I mean, approaching three. I mean that that could, that would be quite the flippening if at some point in time the amount of ether in terms of supply or you know, like value whatever uh, dollar value fl flips the amount of ether in layer twos. That'd be very interesting. Huh. Uh, huh. Not saying it could I mean, happen. About that. But, well, like but, eigenlayer would out, will be able to actually increase the productivity and the utility of layer twos. Um, so there's going to be some symbiosis here because yeah. you're you're going to be able to take like Eigenlayer LST tokens. Renzo actually announced this uh, last week that you can um, mint EZ ETH, the, the Renzo liquid restaking ether token, 
uh, you can mint it natively on layer twos. And so that will actually count for both Ether in Eigenlayer and on layer twos. Well, people are going crazy for eigenpoints right now, and including, I guess, uh, A16Z uh, through, through, through their purchase. But uh, KelpDAO is doing something interesting. Uh-huh. They are issuing synthetic eigenpoints, uh, introducing KEP, which is KELP earned points. What is this? Mm-hmm. Basically, it is a claim on an eigenpoint that KelpDAO is earning from all of their ETH deposited into eigenlayer. So basically, they have tokenized eigenlayer points that they have in their like quote unquote treasury. Uh, and so now like restakers will be able to transfer and trade their earned points as tokens on Ethereum. This I cannot a... believe we just tokenized <laughs> points. <laughs> well, but it's interesting because they are definitely not in control over like the minting of points or the supply of points or right. anything. There's to do no with settlement points. assurances. There's no property rights around points. So in theory, Eigenlayer would be like, we're yonking your guys' points. Like there's te- there's technically nothing stopping Eigenlayer from doing that. Right. They could basically say, hey, anyone who like anyone with cap just doesn't get points right, right if they yeah, wanted yeah. to yeah yeah I, there's nothing there's i mean yeah points are not we if you're listen to our points episode points are not a smart contract there's no contract about points they are a number in a database that can be changed at will by the issuing entity so, um, so kelp is just like taking taking a gamble that uh eigenlayer is not going to like mess with their points a uh, good old-fashioned social contract we'll see how that works out um yeah. athena mainnet what is athena david I have not been following this Athena is a new stablecoin, a USDE stablecoin that is uh, created via this pretty novel mechanism. Uh, it is created via yield on two sides of a trade. One is the yield of staked ETH, uh, and then the other is the yield of funding rates pe- uh, from people who are paying to go short Ether in a leverage fashion. So you slap these two yields together, you can earn them at the same time, and then this trade kind of... Um, trades out. So it's a delta neutral uh, hedging trade that produces yield as a result. Um, If I was better at DeFi, I would have a better way to explain that. But basically, this is how this works. Um, uh, We should probably do a show on this. Uh, It's generating some hype for sure. Uh, And uh, it's also generating some controversy just because like there's a lot of yield that is being advertised here, like over 20%. And that is like triggering people's PTSD from Terra Luna. Yield Um, on what? On like a dollar, right? So this is a it's mm-hmm. an e- what they're producing here is an ether based synthetic dollar that's offering yeah. like twenty seven percent APY. All right, right. And, and when yeah. you see a dollar representation right. that's offering like close to thirty percent APY, right. you immediately go back to how is that possible? Where's the yield right. coming from? Is Anchor this real? protocol on Terra Luna is another like algo stablecoin. Like, yeah. yeah, people mm-hmm. get, people get freaked out about this, but it's generating the yield in a different way. How would you describe it? Right. Well, kind of what I said. So you have the yield of staked ETH um, from Lido staked ETH, and then you also have the yield from uh, funding rates that people are paying to short Ether, and you get both of these things. And the actual mechanism for how that flows into the dollar, I'm not totally sure. I need to brush up on this. Um, but like, it checks out. It does check out. There are plenty of risks in this system. There's a bunch of dependencies. This, um, a lot of this capital is on centralized exchanges, and so that's a risk. This is not a decentralized stablecoin. It is a stablecoin. It's not decentralized. Um, it, it, it's, it's a pretty cool experiment, uh, and this experiment just hit mainnet, and now um, that's kind of like what the news is, and everyone's kind of reacting to it. Um, yeah. I think we do not have time to explore all of the risks or get into that uh, today, right. uh, certainly. But there'll be some links in the show notes, and then maybe expect an upcoming Bankless podcast in this uh, in this category. 
Um, oh, are we committing to that? I think we should. I, I like okay. finding out this is a new source of yield. We got to find this out. This is how where we invite exactly people onto the from. Bankless podcast. We say we're going to do a podcast about them. All <laughs> <laughs> this is uh, this is Anthony Sasana who has uh, backed this project. Uh, I assume as yeah. an angel investor. He said, yeah. "I'm glad. I'm very glad to see lots of people questioning Athena's design, asking how they can offer the 20 percent plus yield, and also exploring what all of the risks are. This is a very different to last cycle where people questioning things were the minority. So he's just making making the point that um it's good that people are asking this question um it's healthy it's healthy well done well done if you are skeptical well done good job (laughs) you did a good job thank you thank you you were all becoming more mature this is great yeah yeah no one's encouraging you to ape into this you definitely have to understand it first um david this was big news in the nft sphere so yuga labs acquired kevin rose's project uh proof and all of the Mm -hmm. owls that go with it what happened here uh, so all of the IP, the Proof Collective, the Moon Birds, the Oddities, Mythics, and Grails, all of the things owned by Proof is now owned by Yuga Labs. Uh, and so there's being there's a handover period, uh, and Kevin Rose will now become an advisor to the Proof company. Um, and so basically handing over control of all of Proof's assets over to Yuga Labs, which Yuga Labs has done done this before. They acquired the MeBits and CryptoPunks IP um, and I think something else as well. Um, but yeah, this is definitely inside of the Yuga Labs like business model. How did the, how did the punks, um, like, was that a good thing for CryptoPunks overall, would you say? Yuga no, change, Labs? no change in price, no change in price. No change in price, no. any change in kind uh, of culture or utility, or did they do anything? No, there is, there is no way to harness CryptoPunk culture. We are, we're a decentralized cohort <laughs> of holders. I, uh, I think the Can't price of us. Moonbirds, the price of Moonbirds went up after this. So yeah. And then, it went, then, then it went down. Then it went down. This I think, I think it's uh, overall unchanged. I actually, no, just kidding. I'm wrong. Uh, it went from one ETH to two ETH. So Moonbirds doubled actually in valuation. But uh, down from all-time highs significantly, right? And um, I think... Turn, turns the, out the mint price was 2.5 ETH, so de- below the mint price. Below Thanks. the mint price. Uh, and then Moonbirds absolutely skyrocketed. Um, so there, there's yeah, been a lot got, of negative got, reaction yeah. in the in the NFT community and even in the Moonbirds community. Here's a, yeah. a tweet thread from Adam Hollander saying, I effing hate this, uh, saying that Moonbirds was mismanaged. Uh, it, was, it was a mess. And uh, they didn't follow through on their promises. So a well, lot of wouldn't uh, you be a fan of new management then? I don't know. It depends what moon. I, I think Moonbirds as a cohort, Moonbird holders as a cohort have been dissatisfied. I think maybe there was like very high expectations with how high Moonbirds price went, but like the vibe is like people are dissatisfied. But then we're getting new management, so like, don't we want that? I don't know. I mean, it depends what the new management does with it. If they, if they do what Luca did with the penguins, that would be uh, incredible. If they don't, I'd actually rather have Luca by them. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I think Luca's got his handful, a hands full with, uh, with his penguin community. Um, yeah. One last airdrop to talk about, um, optimism, (laughs) the fourth optimism airdrop. Uh, this one for $37 million. Uh, this was announced on February 21st. Optimism Collective recently announced his fourth airdrop, specifically targeting artists and creators in the Optimism ecosystem. Uh, 223,000 addresses uh, with eligibility criteria based on engagement and creativity of artists. Uh, anyone who deployed NFT contracts on the Ethereum Layer 1, Base, OP Mainnet, and Zora 
before January 10th, and I think perhaps also interacted with these same NFT um, contracts. Uh, and so this actually might be a sneaky one. Uh, we, Bankless, because we, we, we minted some NFTs, some podcast NFTs, we got like, uh, how much money did we get? We got like 700 or maybe $1,200 from this. Had no idea uh, without our own Claimables product. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so that's thank right. you, thank you, Bankless Claimables, for uh, making sure that we actually know our own airdrops, and that goes for you as well. So make sure that you are plugging in your addresses uh, just in case you got this optimism airdrop you just want to get an alert because th these are like these are like perpetual airdrops right it's like yeah and i think many many uh layer twos and many airdrop like kind of communities of tokens will mm -hmm. continue to do this and so sometimes yeah. you just don't know you got a you yeah. got a present you know you, you got something uh in your eth address uh david let's talk about the people versus the sec so i love these words the crypto lawyers are pretty excited about this um, last week, what, what happened? So there is a crypto exchange called legit exchange, which is suing the sec, I think preemptively, uh, trying to ensure that all future tokens that they list and trade on their exchange will not be sales of securities. So they intend to facilitate the sale of crypto assets, the exchange of crypto assets on their exchange. And they are making, they are asking a court to order that the secondary market sales of digital assets are not the sales of securities and also declare that legit exchange does not need to register with the SEC as an exchange broker or clearinghouse and will also thirdly prevent the SEC from bringing an enforcement action against legit exchange and similarly, similarly situated CFAT members, basically saying, Hey, SEC, we saw what you've done to Coinbase. We've saw what you've done to Kraken. We are going to get a court to declare that what we are doing is Gucci and you guys cannot sue us. This is Which what is you dope. call, this is a preemptive strike, right? We're going to yeah. sue you before you sue us, right? Yeah. Uh, this is, uh, Amanda it goes on, to be clear, this is the first time that a crypto market participant has proactively sued the SEC. We are now suing the SEC. I love it. Which is, I love we, it. I mean the crypto community, not David and myself, although we would if we could. Uh, we would. of their project. <laughs> Give me a reason. And, and pre-anything by the SEC. Plaintiffs are not looking for money. They're not looking for money, David, or mm -hmm. any reward. They're just looking for a statement. Legal clarity. Like, can we yeah. run this business? Because it seems like we should with, in the law. And so they're, they're asking the court to, to give them clarity here. Um, I actually, uh, like, this is Jake Travinsky's take on it. Crypto goes on the offensive in the courts. Mm -hmm. that, that's why it's a big deal. This lawsuit proactively challenges the SEC's unlawful attempt to seize power over digital asset markets that has no authority to regulate. David, I had no idea we could just go sue the SEC. That's great news. And so I asked all the crypto lawyers on crypto Twitter, like, how about we just launch a class action lawsuit against the SEC on behalf of American citizens and retails for the millions of dollars in missed token airdrops that we didn't get because we live in America. Billions. 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 I did I would say have loved millions? to have claimed my <laughs> Celestia tokens, Gary. But I did not. I don't have any Celestia tokens because yeah. of Gary Gensler. Right. So I tweeted this out and I asked, hey, is, is that a dumb idea, crypto lawyers? Is this like uh, possible? Mm -hmm. And a whole bunch of Twitter responses were like, yeah, I'd, I'd join that class action lawsuit. I I would join money that class action. I would love to, yes. I yeah. missed StarkNet. DYDX tokens, Celestia tokens. Uh, Tia. I missed yep. all of these things. It probably cost me tens of thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of dollars. I would jump in. Uh, Can we bankrupt the SEC? I would. I would love to. Right. Can I would love that. Okay. Well, apparently, Jake Travinsky says not your lawyer. Uh, here's the thing: they have this thing called sovereign immunity, David, which is if you are 
a government regulator, you're kind of, you have sovereign immunity. It's your, it's your Trump card. So we're not able to involve them in a, a civil case like, like this, uh, unfortunately. Oh, uh, wait, you got my hopes up. What is this? <laughs> he said, there's still a chance though, David, he did Jake Travinsky. He, again, not your lawyers, not legal advice. Right. I'm sure he'd want us to say that, but uh, you'd have to talk to your own lawyer to analyze whether this is possible. I'd like to think the legal system would find a way to deliver justice in a case like this, but the principles of equity only go so far. TLDR probably don't. That's probably not a good idea, unfortunately. Damn it. Damn it. I right, know. Well, that was a fun, fun little segment then. Uh, we tried, though. Uh, I got something else that's pretty fun. Yeah, go for it. <laughs> Where in the world is Do Kwan? Do you remember? Uh, last I checked, it was Montenegro and then back to uh. South Korea. Am I remembering this correctly? Wasn't he in no, South Korea? No, no. So South Korea and the United States have been fighting over Do Kwan for extradition. Oh, they both uh, want it. They both, we both want it because he's a South Korean citizen, also an American, American citizen, maybe, but mainly her. I know he went American to Berkeley. Investors. So he lived I in Stanford. I thought, I think he went to Stanford. Uh, one of those, one of those. Yeah, one yeah, of yeah. Um, anyways, he is going to be extradited to the United States. It's about damn time. He has been in Monte Montenegro since his arrest in March of 2023. Uh, and so he's coming home. Do Kwan, coming home on shore. Uh, wow. Um, what's going to happen? I, I, <laughs> I mean, will this Nothing be good. an SBF style uh, court case? Are, are we in for something like that? It, won't be as big a deal, I'm sure. They won't have the immediate yeah, fanfare, there's, but there's less like dirt to like dig up, and yeah. But like, I, I would love to see some of the internal conversations inside of like the Terra Luna Slack, for example, or whatever you they used. You know, uh, one of my reactions to this is if if the U.S. wants you, like the U.S. is the is the boss of global finance. Right. If they want you for financial crimes, they always get yeah, you. They get you. Right. Yep, like I, mm -hmm. people are extradited from all over the world. Uh, outside, mm -hmm. maybe if you live like Russia and China, uh, mm -hmm. there's no such thing as jurisdictions. It's just the U.S. Can Isn't I bring up crazy? something that's like, can I bring up something that's actually pretty adjacent to this, but still relevant? Yeah. I think this is worth worthwhile to know. Uh, this is this is a very big deviation side quest. Okay. Um, did, you, did you know that um, China sold AI technology to Iran? And Iran has uh, extradited a German-Iranian citizen using AI facial recognition technology to find him. And they extradited him from Germany to Iran and is going to be executed in Iran. Wait, are you serious? Wait, so I, I lost the, the train here. So there's China, mm -hmm. there's a German citizen in Iran. Right, okay, so China, China AI technology okay. purchased by Iran. Okay. Iran uses that AI technology to identify a German Iranian dual citizen living in Germany, that German citizen is being extradited to I Iran and is set to be executed. Why? For what, crimes did this, against, what, what did this uh, German citizen do? What are the charges? Crimes against the Islamic Republic of Iran. Oh, wow. Yeah. So are you... I, I, th uh, I thought who's it was liable like, for that? Why, 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 yeah, what made you think of this? I, so, like, we're, AI is, like, being talked about all over the place. Uh, we had uh, Vitalik on to talk about, like, uh, defensive accelerationism and how, like, AI can be used in a very offensive capacity. And then we're just seeing, like, like you know, AI is starting to become, Governments like, an authoritarian tool. I, yeah. thought, I thought this was far more theoretical. Yeah. And I definitely appreciate Vitalik's foresight here. Had no idea that this was actually already being in, done in practice. This is this is the reason that these power structures are, are kind of important and it, like imp yeah. impressed upon me. It's like the reason we are fighting so hard in the U.S. 
is because mm-hmm. the U.S. is really important because they're like right. the mob boss of global finance. Mm-hmm. All right, so like, where do you where do you go if you, like yeah. do do I? I'm not going to China. I'm not I'm not going to Russia. Yeah, yeah. Do I go somewhere in Europe? Well, like that's under the arm of the U.S. financial powers as well. Yeah, that's why it's so important to like right. fight it I, where I, we are. I f- I, I, there's also been like this balkanization going on inside of Web3, like Circle um, is now no longer issuing USEC on Tron. Uh, We're going to talk about uh, Tether uh, Tether and and Circle here in a second, but just like this fears of influence are like becoming firmer and they are permeating through Web3 and AI is helping accelerate that. Let's get right to that story. So um, this actually surprised me this week. This is Circle's, uh, one of Circle's Mm -hmm. VPs of policy, uh, Caroline Hill. Um, mm-hmm. the, the caption from this, this tweet is, is really begging to Congress for the treasury department to go after tether and their banking partner. This is a U.S. based banking partner, Cantor Fitzgerald. So this is uh, Caroline Hill in front of Congress that this week, let's, let's, let's play the clip. This is, this is a circle in front of Congress. I personally believe that no company should be allowed to reference the U.S. dollar without having those democratic values inside inside the company, inside their U.S. dollar-backed stablecoin. And so I think if, if Treasury thinks that it needs additional authorities to go over that, then I think this committee should consider that. So to those U.S. touch points, um, U.S. financial services company Cantor Fitzgerald reportedly manages Tether's $72 billion portfolio of Treasury bonds giving him access to U.S. dollars. Cantor's enabling of terror and illicit activities across the globe is unacceptable. Uh, Ms. Hill, given Tether's nexus to the U.S. financial system through Cantor Fitzgerald, does Treasury already have the authority to take action? And what should we be doing about American-regulated companies like Cantor? I would think that the Treasury Department would have the authority to take action given this U.S. touchpoint, yes. Um, and I hope that they're looking at this seriously, given Tether's reputation as as well as the data that we've seen that they're contributing to terrorist financing. Okay, so let's, 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 unpa- claims. let's unpack claims. that a little bit. So this is somebody who works uh, for, for Circle, of course. So this mm-hmm. is USDC. And they're in front of Congress. And there's somebody from Coinbase as well there. Um, I, mm-hmm. I, I, I don't know what the Coinbase representative said, but sort of corroborated some of the things that, that Circle said. And they basically are advocating that um, a treasury, U.S. Treasury, uh, go after Cantor Fitzgerald, which is one of the um, brokerages that hold Tether's uh, T-bills, essentially, mm-hmm. because they are saying that Tether is not compliant with AML mm-hmm. KYC, right? They're, they're not right. Uh, compliant with, um, with kind of the regulations. Now, that, that is quite the charge because you Tether. quite the charge. David, uh, you weren't on the episode because uh, you were on a flight. Uh, on your mm-hmm. way to East Denver, I believe. But I, I talked to Tether CEO Paulo uh, about mm-hmm. this, and I brought up the, this commentary. And his perspective was, we are fully compliant. We freeze addresses all of the time. We, uh, like, mint funds. Not only do they freeze addresses, but they freeze addresses quickly. There, like, there are more blacklisted Tether addresses than there are Circle addresses. Right. He's like that. You were like, we work directly with uh, financial uh, surveillance authorities, like, you know, the, the full posse of, mm-hmm. of everybody's looking at this, like Chainalysis and 
uh, and also uh, the FBI. And so he's like, they are maligning us because they're right. trying to cut us out. This is, yep. he's, he says that this is a form of a kind of regulatory capture, right? You know, tethers oh, this offshore. Is 100% <laughs> regulatory capture. This is the game that Circle has been playing, like for better or for worse. They, they're the compliant onshore Circle uh, stablecoin. Yep. And they're trying to like brand Tether as the uncompliant offshore. They are offshore. They are totally compliant by as far as I can tell. Two comments here below this video. One from Zach XBT saying, Treasury Department should investigate Circle for all the times they did not blacklist illicit funds when they had ample time instead of LARPing as the compliant centralized stablecoin. And then also Bantag saying, disgraceful. She just she just mad Tether blocks stolen funds within 10 minutes while her company replies a week after they've been laundered dry. Yow, some zingers coming in from crypto Twitter. Uh, this is 100% a narrative game that I'm not sure uh, stands up. Yeah, I don't love regulatory capture uh, attempts, and that's what this this kind of seems like. I I hope USDC and Tether kind of fight it out in you know like the free market way, but it looks right. like uh, they're going here. You know, the stablecoin mm-hmm. wars are are continuing yep. for sure. Oh, uh, related to that, by the way, I don't. It doesn't. I don't. It's not clear that it's related. It seems related to me. Circle says mm-hmm. we are discontinuing USDC support on Tron, the right. Tron Black blockchain. So, you know, there was about $300 million worth of USDC on Tron. Mm-hmm. So a very small amount compared to Tether, 51 right. billion Tether on Tron. So I asked Paulo about this and he said, yeah, they're leaving because they lost. <laughs> yeah, that, right. that was his take on it. This but is I, more like a virtue signal than, than anything. But I so think, yeah, there's yes. not that much circle. And also they are saying, they're implying that there's a bunch of nefarious activity on Tron, so they can't be there. They're trying to make it yes. up as a branding win. That's why it feels like it's it's kind of related because Tron is like, and Tether are like uh, in sort of the, you know, the evil axis, the sketchy. And right. like, maybe right. they are, maybe they're not. It's just yeah. like... These are the kinds of games that are being played at yeah. this stage in the market. These are, that, these are the kind of dirty games. I don't like it. <sighs> All right. Well, let's get to uh, raises on the week. This is a bankless ventures company that uh, raised this week. So David and I, obviously, we think it's cool. We're adding it mm-hmm. to our disclosures page. It's called Init Capital. What is Init Capital, mm-hmm. David? Yeah, and it is a money market on top of the Mantle Layer 2. Um, you know Uniswap V4 hooks, where you have the base Uniswap liquidity, and then you have hooks for expressiveness on top of that. Take that same pattern and think of Init as like Compound like, or Ave with liquidity hooks on top of Init. So more expressiveness on top of capital. So you have this base level of capital inside of the Init money market. And then people can build hooks to add more, you know, apps on top of the init money market. Uh, and so, like, what could a hook do? You could do leverage staking. You could do LST looping. You could do pair trading, margin trading. Uh, and so, think of just like, you know, a base of a compound platform, money market, and then just like apps, like maybe Yearn strategies, for example, or just any kind of app that can be built on top of init. Uh, pretty cool. A pretty cool innovation. We like the team. Congrats on the raise. Uh, David, last thing before we get to uh, the meme of the week, I, I don't know if you saw this um, the the Reddit plan. So, oh, oh, this is uh, dad time. I'm getting ready. Okay. Oh, it well is it was cool. Okay, so I, I, this, this wasn't is, this our is agenda, a dad segment. It. Not is, too yeah. dad. It's not too dad, but it's kind of like I thought it was interesting. So here's why. So Reddit is getting ready to IPO. I know you're a Reddit user. I'm, uh, I've been mm-hmm. a Reddit user. For, in the past. Former Reddit user. Yeah, no I used a lot less user. now. Now I'm more of a kind of a consumer. They're going public. Yeah. Okay. And this was big news in TradFi this week. So outside of uh, crypto, 
Basically, Reddit is planning to uh, reserve a yet undetermined number of shares for 75,000 of its most prolific so-called Redditors. This is the content creators, the mods, you know, the people that really power Reddit. Mm -hmm. And they're going to reserve 75,000 shares. At first, I thought, oh, well, that sounds like an airdrop. Uh, When you look into it, what they're actually reserving, it's more like an allow list, David. They're allowing the first, uh, these 75,000, uh, like recipients of like Reddit points, let's call it maybe, mm-hmm. uh, they mm-hmm. are allowed to purchase the IPO at the IPO price. That's basically it. And it's interesting to me, like, first of all, I guess, um, good on Reddit for doing something, getting off zero. Right. I mean, Facebook, like n- Twitter, none of these companies have actually rewarded the content creators in their network in any way. And so at least some allow list participation, that's something, um, mm-hmm. Of course, Reddit users, if they buy the IPO and stock price goes down, uh, they could lose. These 75000 uh, could could certainly lose. It's costing money. Well, they could win if it goes up after the IPO price. But wow, imagine trying this in crypto, right? In crypto, like users are demanding airdrops. If, if, mm-hmm. if we are working inside of a network and the network does not provide provide rewards for the work that we are doing, whether it's an Ethereum staker or whether you're mm-hmm. contributing to like a, a network as a, as a user, or a content creator, we'll just leave. We'll go to the network that right. does give us that. And so what I think is going to be interesting to observe over the next you know three to five years, let's say, is I think crypto is really going to move the social Overton window of mm-hmm. like requiring some of these established Web2 companies to give to their main users, their content creators, basically like the journalists, you know, and the curators who make it all possible, they'll have to move in that direction because I think those creators, those users will start to demand upside and crypto will be a forcing function to that. So sometimes I see the, you know, outstretched hand of gimme airdrop. We talked a little bit about that. And sometimes I see mm-hmm. entitlement and that that's true. There are some entitled mm-hmm. people who just want airdrops for right. doing nothing. On the other hand, another way to reframe that is at least we're pushing the Overton window towards forcing companies like social network companies distribution towards the long tail. That's right. That's right. So that was the take here. And like, love it. Kind of a crappy airdrop though. (laughs) It's just a lot. I I wonder how much of this is constrained by, um, by just regulations. Can they actually just give away equity? Probably not. They probably can't. You're probably, you're right, David. I'm sure you're right. This is not. This is not them. Just like, oh, we'll allow like our redditors to buy our bags. No, like I don't think the SEC will allow them to do anything more creative than that. Yeah, and that's why we have to put you push on this on the technology side too, and push on the the regulatory side. David, we've got a meme of the week. What are we looking at this week? <laughs> this is our meme, and so <laughs> I actually don't know. I think maybe our graphic designer at uh, Bankless made this. So coming to a Walmart near you. We have two action figures, male crypto podcaster. This one's me. <laughs> and here's Ryan, <laughs> Ethereum podcaster. I got crypto podcaster. You got Ethereum podcaster. Yeah. Highly uh, yeah. detailed. Highly look detailed. at your jawline, bro. Yeah. It's, that's, that's a good looking jawline. That, that is not real life. You're, for you're sure. looking like Superman. Yeah. I, I look uh, like Ken. You look like Superman. Well, Walmart's a good place for these, David. So uh, <laughs> move, move aside, penguins. We're going to be there too. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta end with this. Of course, you can find all of our disclosures at bankless.com slash disclosures at any time and risks and disclaimers. You know, crypto is risky. You could lose what you put in, but we are headed west. This is the frontier, not for everyone, but we're glad you're with us on the bankless journey. Thanks a lot. 